here you are. BPMs high, sweat dripping, body moving, tongue panting. You're working hard, real hard, and you're thirsty. You need vitamins, nutrients for peak performance and energy. And your plants do too. Aw, let me just look at the little guy. Water-soluble plant food from miracle Grow is full of essential nutrients. Just a little scoop into your watering can and boom, instant feeding and bigger, more beautiful plants. It's kind of like a sports drink for your plants. You may have to suffer from heat, but your plants do not. Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivy podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a girlfriend to join me and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Happy 2020, friends. It's a new decade. We're living it. We're in May of a new decade. And at the beginning of the year, I thought it'd be fun to talk to a few friends about what life was like for them 10 years ago, how life has changed, what the year 2010 brought them, what the last decade has brought them, what they learned about themselves, and what they hope for over the next 10 years. Today, my guest is Lindsay Sweeney, and you might know Lindsay because she works over here at Ivy Media. And today, she's a guest on the show, and it's also her birthday. So happy birthday, Lindsay. We have a special show for you today. We're going to share an interview that Lindsay and I actually recorded last May. We did this last May, 2019, for our Patreon party. And if you're not familiar with our Patreon party, you need to be familiar with our Patreon party. Check out the show notes for more information about how you can join that party. And we're going to give you a quick little bonus chat with the birthday girl, Lindsay, about what she's looking forward to in the next decade, because today's her birthday, how life is different May 2020 than it was last year, and what she's loving and what she's watching. Lindsay has been such a an asset to myself and the whole team at Ivy Media from she books our guests to the podcast. She helps launch our Patreon party. She said yes to this crazy idea of a, a show called Your Last Decade because literally I came to her with this show in the middle of December and said, yeah, I want to start at the beginning of January. Uh, and we thought it would just be a month. And here we are five months in. Uh, we love her over at Ivy Media so much. And I know that you're going to love getting to know more about her as well. The first part of our conversation is all about May how things are finishing up with school, and how life is about to get crazy before summer, and what a difference a year makes. I know right now in our corona lives, the normal May things aren't the same, which is true. My kids are not in school right now. They're not having eighth grade graduation. The play that my son was going to do, they did it online. But in this conversation, the sentiment is still the same. May can bring with it lots of emotions of things ending, things beginning, reminders of what is not, and celebrations for what is. Lindsay and I chat about how her life across all areas is full of these types of emotions. She shares with us about the sudden death of her dad, the closed doors to pursuing a dream, the struggles of having an autoimmune disease, walking through singleness, and the realities that she can't birth a child. Our conversation is just a small frame of the moments of loss and trials that Lindsay has held and seen in her life, but I want you to listen closely because I think what you will hear more than just sadness is you will hear joy, faith, hope, and love, and that is an encouragement for all of us. Okay, here is my conversation with Lindsay from May of 2019, and we'll finish up at the end with a conversation from May of 2020. This is so fun to be with you. This is May. I feel like, and my guest is Lindsay Sweeney. Hello. Hi, Lindsay. I wanted to sing, It's Gonna Be May. I don't know that song. Justin Timberlake. Oh, how do I not know a JT song? No, it's from NSYNC. Oh, NSYNC. I was an NSYNC fan. Oh, I was a big fan. I didn't, you're not that much younger than me. I know, I'm not that much, but I did go to an after party, an NSYNC. Kid Craddock in the morning hosted a 
concert after party. Was Kid Cudi there? Remember, he's passed away. Was this after? Uh, or before? Well, it wasn't after he passed away. I mean, did you go to the after party? Because they still call it Kid Craddock in the morning. Oh, they do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it was before, so okay. he was, that he was alive. Weird, yeah. But his show is still, they still call it that. They do still call it Kid yeah. Craddock, you're with right. Kelly, right? Yeah, with Kelly yeah. Ripa. Mm-hmm. So, so not Ripa. Kelly, what's her name? Well, not Ripa, but Kelly, they're in Dallas. Kelly's something. Yeah, I don't know why I know so much about this, but they still call it that show after he passed away. Anyhow. They do. I danced with Joey Fatone. Okay. At I, the after party. I don't know anything about NSYNC. Oh my gosh. I loved NSYNC so much. I did not like Backstreet Boys still. Okay, song is called what? Well, now I sound like a terrible NSYNC fan, but you know, it's like the line, it's going to be me, uh-huh. is what he's saying. But you thought it was May. But it sounds like May. There's oh. memes and everything. Okay. I'm I'll glad, that, I'll show I'm you glad you we got May. here. Yeah. But we're here in May. We are. <laughs> May always feels to me <sighs> like we made it. I don't. And Has I it don't always think, felt that way for you? No, I was going to say, okay. I don't think it's felt like that since I got um, like older kids, like older elementary in May. And I adore teachers. I was a teacher before I had kids. I think people forget that. That I was a teacher? Uh-huh. Yeah. In May, it feels like every kid has a major project. We have every award show, every choir mm-hmm. show, everything. And May, I literally feel like I take a deep breath. Mm. In fact, in the past... I've talked to you about this. I don't want to travel very much in May. No. It's mm-mm. too hard. So we're in May. Yep. Both of us have birthdays this month. We do. May I turned 41. I turned 38. Okay. Mm-hmm. You're getting close, Lindsay. I know. I'm I'm already preparing for my 40th. 40 is amazing. It's yeah, not even I can't a thing. wait. I want to go on an international trip. I want to take friends with me. I'll go. Uh, yeah, let's do it. 40 is fun. Yeah. Okay, so May, it's the end of the school year. If you have kids, you know what I mean. Um, if you're a student... You know what I mean? Um, if you don't have kids and you're not a student, do you feel the May out breathe or is it just well, a regular month? Well, I think that's, yeah, that's why I was wondering, has it always felt that way for you? Because May for me, like always growing up, it's my birthday month is what I celebrate. So I loved May. It was like, are you a birthday month celebrator? Yes. Okay, I'm not. <laughs> I know, but I my love it. My day will it. pass and I won't even think no, about I it. No, I love it so much. Note to and self I as have your like, friend. <laughs> yes, I have like all these like, expectations internally that I don't communicate. Oh, this sounds like a disaster, Lindsay. (laughs) (laughs) And so I've learned to communicate them. So, well, can I say something? Yeah. You put your birthday on our work calendar. I did. Yeah. Which is basically setting up a reminder because you will expect. Yeah. You just say happy birthday to me. But if you don't tell me, then I won't know. I know. Good job. That's maturity. Yes. So it took 35 years. So for my 35th birthday, I planned my own birthday. And like a nice, like a full dinner with like four courses and I, exactly how I wanted it with the twinkle lights and the table linens and all the things. And I did it all for myself. And you still felt loved? I did. Well, I, it took me a long time to get to a place where I was like, if this is what I want, I'll just do I, it. I'm a big girl now. This is what I want. So I'll just do it for myself. And it's been great. And it's been wonderful ever since. So 38 is happening. And May has always been a fun month for our family. Like- always had we played sports so it's like softball, softball baseball we season into yeah. school was like the best time because it's like parties and awards i'm a three on the enneagram so i was getting awards and you know all the celebrations you're getting and awards my and you have expectations yes. and you want everything to go how you want it to yes. go <laughs> all of <laughs> those things so familiar for yeah. a three <laughs> yes so i've always loved may it's a little different now but it's still um something that i look forward to well, happy May to everybody. 
This may mean not only am I turning 41, but I have now finished parenting my first kid through a year of high school. Yeah. So I haven't told you this, but back in April, my son Caden and I met with his counselor. And this will be no surprise to you, Lindsay. She sent out an email in October that she wanted to meet with all the parents. <laughs> <laughs> I just kept forgetting to make it. And so we met in April. And she literally started the meeting like, well... We have these conferences to see how your freshman year is going, but since it's April, and I was like, I, she didn't shame me at all, but I was like, well, welcome to my life. Mm-hmm. But anyhow, we had this meeting and she looked across the table to Kate and I, and she said, where have you thought about going to college? And it yeah. was crickets because Kate and I were like, what? College? Yeah. I'm 15. I mean, I'm thinking, he's 15. Give the kid a break. And she's like, well, it's time for you to start thinking about that. It is. It was weird. So it is weird. I have finished a kid in high school. I have two kids going to eighth grade next year. And oh, this is the biggest thing for me. Yeah. I have officially finished elementary school. I know. I can't believe it. I mean, Story's been needing to bust out of elementary school for like three years, but it's she's amazing. Out. I know. So that's the end of my May. We're finishing up baseball and softball. We said no to all stars this year. Oh, good for yeah. y'all. Yep. We say no. So oh, that's May. I love it. So um, but I'm glad you're here. Yeah, me too. So introduce yourself because you were just on the regular episode just like a week and a half, two weeks ago where we did our five-year birthday. Mm -hmm. I sat down with Amanda Brown and you and me and we answered listeners' questions and it was just a lot of fun because we just Mm -hmm. celebrated five years with a happy hour. But for those Patreon friends who are listening that maybe haven't listened to that yet or they didn't catch what you do, tell everybody what you do for the happy hour. So I am our podcast manager and Jamie's assistant. That's the best way to describe it. Um, I started out actually just doing maybe like five hours of work, just listening to the podcast, creating notes and edits for our editor. And we well, like started warped. out before that because oh, yeah. you did the book launch, book launch team. Yes, that was fun. If you were on the book launch team, Lindsay was your girl. Yeah. Yes. And I bet a lot of you listeners on the yeah. Patreon were because sure. you're the real deal. I know. You're like the real people that we party fun people. And so now I get to do, at the beginning of the year, started helping with your booking for speaking and travel and email communications. If you send an email, it's coming to me first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and dream and think, and I always come up with ideas. That's yeah. the other thing. Big asset. Before, Lindsay and I have known each other for a, a long time. Mm-hmm. And in fact, you've helped me with my kids mm-hmm. for a long time. But before here, you were managing an art studio. Yep. So you bring a lot of managerial mm-hmm running things to the table. So yeah, yeah. So it's been great. Um, So we've been working together for a couple, yeah, year and a half. Yeah. Yeah. So we've known each other for longer. Yes. Longer. When I used to come over while your kids went to sleep, so y'all have a date and wash your dishes. So sweet. (laughs) You know what? I have a a blog I wrote years ago that I never posted. And the reason I never posted it, because I was afraid that babysitters would think I was talking about them. But I wrote a blog about how to be a good babysitter. Oh, yeah. And you just made me remember that because you said wash your dishes. Yeah. Let me tell you some of the things that I think well, I can tell you the do. things they should do. Yeah. Yeah. You should wash dishes. You should. The, okay, let me tell you real quick. Uh-huh. I mean, and y'all don't know this, but Jamie does. I have a lot of experience caring for other people's children. Tons. And I consider it a joy and an honor and a privilege to be invited to do that. But I always, since I was like a teenager— see that role as basically you're paying me to be you while you are out. Thank you. On a date with your husband Uh 
or your wife. And Making so the magic happen. I, what would you do? I would be washing dishes. You would need to wash dishes. You'd need to like, oh, there's stuff that needs to be moved over in the washer. Okay. They didn't fold these towels yet. I can fold those towels. We need to straighten up. These shoes don't go here. Like you need to do all of those things, not just sit there and make Insta stories. Preach it, girl. Or preach it. Make a mess more so than what was there before. That is not what you're there for. I have come home and our, we don't even need babysitters no. anymore. I mean, when you watch my kids, it's overnight because yes. Aaron and I are out of town. Yeah. We don't even, we don't have babysitters anymore because my kids are so big. But when they were little, I've come home to food from dinner still sitting on the stove. No. I cannot tell you how that would bother me. Because I would think I could have fed my kids that for lunch tomorrow, mm-hmm. but it's been sitting here for four hours and you mm-hmm. never even touched it. I was so mad. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not trying to bash people, but I would be happy to teach you how to be a better babysitter. And you know what I also learned? Like, here's a bit of advice for parents who have babysitters a lot, because Aaron and I used to have babysitters a lot. And if I could go back, I would do one thing different. You mean tell you what I would do? Mm-hmm. Set expectations. Oh, yeah. Because not everyone is like Lindsay Sweeney. Like if you're hiring a high school kid, someone has to teach them. So I would just say set expectations. And I would say, hey, this is what I want you to do. After the kids go to bed, I want you to clean all of these dishes and I want you to fold these towels. And Mm -hmm. then I want you to do this and then we should be home. Mm -hmm. Like I would, I wasn't very good at that. Yeah. I think that would be helpful. I was so ready to get out of the house. You know, that I'm like, okay, bye, bye, bye. Just, I I mean, I've definitely, even like taking care of your kids, I've definitely was older out of college. I was a working woman. I'm single. And so- I have this capacity for that. And like I said, I enjoy that. And so I think that maturity also really helped me know how to be a better yeah. cared giver for it's mature. Kids it's a maturity families. thing yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah. But we're thankful. The Ivies are thankful for you. Yeah. I'm I mean, when we're out of town, you like pray with my kids. <laughs> Maybe more than I do sometimes. So I'm so thankful. There's been times when we just need to get out of town so badly so that we can just have a moment. And then you text us like, we're praying. And these are the conversations that we're having. And Aaron and I are like, oh, we're so thankful for Lindsay that she had that conversation with our kids. So it is fun. I love being with the kids. And now we're like so comfortable. Man, those jokers. It's too much. It's too much. Which often people ask me, how do you and Aaron get away. You have four kids and it's either Lindsay or my mom, yeah. you know? And so yeah. I don't want to overwhelm my mom. And yeah. so I'm just kind of like, mom, I usually give my mom like, hey, can you? And she's like, no. I'm like, okay, Lindsay, Great. can you? So, yeah. um, okay. Well, welcome to Jamie and Friends. Uh, actually, you're listening to Patreon. So just so you know, Lindsay is the mastermind behind Patreon. I mean, you've pushed us towards it at the happy hour. You really helped me with a lot. Mm. So this happens because of you. So thank you for mm. that. Yes, so I good. love it. And I just want to continue to see it grow and us to be able to connect with you guys. And we really do appreciate it's you so being a part of what we're doing at the happy hour. It's so great. It's so great. Okay, so let's get to know you a little bit. Okay. Um, you have a lot of your story that we could not get to hardly all of it today, mm-hmm. but things that I know about you. And you can tell me what you want to talk about. Okay. Number one, you lost your dad as an adult. Mm-hmm. So you've had to walk through with your mom Mm -hmm. being a widow, you were diagnosed with Lyme's disease. Mm -hmm. Your life has not turned out the way you thought it would be. Mm -hmm. Part of that single in your Mm thirties, you were unable to have children. Yep, Those are just the hard things that you have walked through. And so let's dive in and see how have you come to a point where you can comfortably say, 
this is not the way I thought my life would be with any of those things that I just mm-hmm. listed, but this is not the way I would have ever planned if God would have asked me for my opinion. And how do you still continue to be, to find contentment or to fight for contentment, mm-hmm. to fight for joy, to fight for, this is the best thing for God's plan in my life right now. Tell me, how do you fight through yeah. that? So I think if I look back over my life, I actually early on felt like, oh, I'm going to be married like much later than all my friends. They always were like, you know, Mrs. Keisha yeah. Smith. Mm-hmm. Like I'm like, or Mrs. Keisha Johnson, whoever next yeah. boy was. And I was never like that because I thought, no, I'm going to be like a successful person who can run a business, be a lawyer. I wanted to run political campaigns for politicians. I wanted to be I president. I did not know that about you. Yeah, I had this whole side of me that was like, so driven towards like politics and wanting to be a success. And that's like, after I achieve those things, then there would be space. <laughs> it's funny. I'd be like, oh, when I'm like early thirties, that's like when I'll be old enough to be married. Cause I've done all the things I want to do. So for a long time, it kind of just didn't matter that I was still single. I definitely wasn't pursuing politics. I wasn't doing political campaigns. I out of college, I jumped right into ministry and helped run a student ministry in Hawaii for two years. And then- Rough life, Lindsay. I know. Right? <laughs> I loved it, every moment of it. And then moved back, well, moved to Austin from there and just even still was like doing ministry part-time and working part-time and trying to figure out where do I fit into this like, almost like, just like they just drive or call that I felt like the Lord was saying, I want you to do work that's going to glorify me and also be connected in a ministry context. So for most of my whole life here, that's what I've been doing. And it doesn't look anything like what I thought it would look like. Even that, like, yes, I have tried to move overseas 12 times. And every time there is a continual support of friends and accountability and community and church leadership and my own obedience to that. And every time we're almost there and God shuts that door. 12 times. Yeah, it's like, maybe I'm exaggerating. I'm a Sweeney, but- A lot. It's like six times. Okay. But every time it's the door shuts. And I think for a lot of times, I just was like, okay, well, that's fine. Whatever, God is good and I'll continue on. And I never dealt with any of the pain or grief that that would cause because that's a lot of disappointment and that's a lot of- frustration. I've sold my things three times, all my belongings, and then had to like refill my house. That's a good way to like not be tied down to stuff. Yeah. I I just have been like, Lord, I, I'm like, you're like, send people. Let's go. I want people to go. And I'm like, send me. Hello. I don't have any issue leaving here. I'm happy to go. That is what I want to do. And the time that it affected me I think the deepest is when I got really sick and um, they thought I might have Crohn's disease. They thought I would have some other autoimmune disorder and it was like, you can't go. And so it it was like a derailment in 2011 and it would take about, would be a whole year before I could start the process again. Where were you going? Um, To China. Were you going to live with the Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was going to live with the so I just got back from visiting them for three Are they in weeks. Austin now? They time? are right now. Okay, gotcha. For their little furlough. So okay. I was going to join their team and had just returned from the three weeks that I was there. I was only supposed to be there two weeks. I extended my trip a week because it just really was like, okay, yeah, what apartment? I, got, I did all the things, you know? Jeez. 
and was going to go through an agency in Oklahoma. So I have to move there for nine months. And then by the next May, I would be living there, which was so crazy to think about. But I was all in and ready for that to happen. And when I got back to Texas, I just started feeling really sick and not really sure what it was, but maybe I picked up something at the villages that we were visiting, but I ended up in the hospital and had like a abscess that had come up. It was just a pretty terrible thing. And they thought I had Crohn's, like I said, or some other autoimmune. And still the agency and my advocacy team group, which is a group of people who are advocates and support with you as a goer, they all of us still felt like, what's what we need to do? And then my church leadership, they really felt like that wasn't what we needed to do. And so there was like this tension and this feeling of like uncertainty. And in the end, I really submitted to that. I trusted the people all around me, but I trusted the leadership and wanted their support. And so I would stay. It was 10 months later that my dad died suddenly. So there's a lot about that season that I look back on. And I think that experience was really heartbreaking. And I of did having ha- to stay. Of having to stay. And I did go through a lot of emotional pain that I never talked about of just feeling like, what is wrong with me that I don't get to go? And I'm willing. And all these other people, like they're kicking and screaming, but they're going. But it was like, it wasn't hard for me to say yes. And the Lord showed me like, it's really hard for me to stay. And that's like such a different story, yeah. I think. And it, and it's kind of like contradiction in some ways, like, well, we want more people to go to yeah, all yeah. the nations. Uh-huh. But for his purposes in my life, he's like, I want you I to stay. You and that's like the greater sacrifice for me yeah. to be like, I'm willing to like let go of this desire and that it doesn't mean that I'm less than, right. which is what I had to come to terms with, that I'm not less than anyone else because I'm not going. And then when my dad died, so suddenly that was like, I think early on there were a lot of moments of like, okay, well, it makes complete sense because I kind of need everything to make sense. And I need everything needs to have purpose and it needs to be I feel like the reason I stayed efficient was, and effective. Yeah. And otherwise, like, what's the point in yeah. us doing this? So I'm like, okay, great. I stayed because so I, could be here. I could be here these last 10 months of my dad's life on earth. And um, that makes total sense. Okay, perfect, God, awesome. And May 5th will be 2012 is whenever he passed. So seven years. May 5th. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so- And it was a heart attack, right? Uh, he had a really rare heart condition and it's like aotrophic cardiomyopathy. And it's where the inner valve- and if anyone is a medical professional. <laughs> yeah, I know, they'll tell us. Give us can, some grace you here. You can correct me, but please. Uh, it's his inner valve it thickens, the okay. walls thicken. So over time, uh, if they thicken too much, then it's so much that the heart can't pump open. And so um, about a year, 18, well, we found out four years prior to his um, death. And he was on blood thinners and things to help like thin the blood so there's more blood going through whatnot. But he just laid down to take a nap on the couch. And then he talked to my mom for a brief moment. He actually went to the store and was like, oh, I got everything to make Frito pies, which is like, you know, something my mom really loves, like a comfort food kind of thing. So she's, that's their last conversation is him like, mm-hmm. oh, I got this for you. 
don't you think that'd be really good, you know, this week or whatever? And she's like, oh, awesome. Thank you. And she went on the patio to read and she said she was out there for two minutes and the neighbor kid had been working on a car for several months and he got it to start. So she came in, she's like, John, John, the neighbor kid, he got the car to start. And then my dad was gone. And so she, you know, did everything that you do. And John, why are you joking with me? And um, until she realized he wasn't and then um, tried to revive him and the ambulance, everything. And so they worked on my dad for about 45 minutes. And so when they got him to the hospital, he had a small pulse and I was in Dallas and on my way to my brother's actually. So when I got to my brother's, it was just kind of like a whirlwind feeling. Um, My brother's a police officer. And so his assistant chief or someone um, came and they actually drove us from Dallas to Austin. Oh, wow. That was nice. Yeah, it was really nice. And we were probably in an hour outside of Austin when my sister called to tell us that he had fully passed Mm -hmm. away. And so, yeah, it was crazy. I mean, we are a really close family. My dad is everybody's best friend. I think that's the most interesting thing about after you've lost someone in your life. I think maybe even you would relate to this, even with like the passing of winter, even friends, like you start to realize how much a person individually impacted people. Mm -hmm. And my dad had this ability to make everyone feel as though they were like his best friend. And he would call everyone and talk to them almost daily. And I was like, well, he was never working. Like that is what I'm convinced of. What did my <laughs> dad like, do all day actually? besides be kind to people? like, you were just talking to everyone yeah. all the time. But that's who he was. And I have thought about that last week of his life actually a lot. And I did not speak to him except for once that week, which is not normal. It would be more normal that we lived in the same city, and like I said, he calls all the time, but I'd spoken to him on that Tuesday before he passed on Saturday. And and I was even really short with him and like, dad, I'm late. Cause like he would just launch into a story. And so I was like, I'm sorry, I can't really talk. I'm running late somewhere. And he's like, it's okay. I'm just calling to tell you that we have a family plan. And he's like, we went ahead and just paid the phone bill this month. Like happy additional birthday gift. And I was like, dad, that's sweet. You don't need to do that. And it's like, no, no, we want to take that money and buy yourself something new. And so I was like, all right, well, thank you so much. I love you. And he's like, I love you too, kiddo. And like, you know, we hung up and that's the last time I talked to my dad. And I've thought about that. And I'm like, I think some people in my life, they have been like, oh, I'm so sorry that that was the last time you talked to your dad. And like, do you feel terrible? Like, you know, I'm like, no, actually I don't. I, feel- or you're like, I didn't until you I thought did. I should. <laughs> Should I? I was like, maybe you should talk to someone else before you come talk to me. Um, But I was like, I feel really confident in that. I was like, no, because like that is exactly my dad, like always doing and finding ways to bless. And I was like, he can't keep a secret at all. Like we would go shopping for mom and he'd be like, I'm just going to give them to her tonight. I'm like, no, literally these are her Christmas gifts. (laughs) Just wait. He's like, no, no, I have to tell her now. So I was like, I know that he literally just hit submit pay while he's calling me and just couldn't help but to say, hey, we did this for you. And so losing him was, is still really difficult. Uh, He, he did have such a big place in all of our hearts. And my mom and my relationship, it's been fine, but I was definitely closer with my father. 
And so I've had to learn how to love my mom without my dad. And that has been challenging. Um, it's been really growing in my faith too, though, because I see my mom with so much more compassion than I ever saw her before. And I think my dad was like this physical buffer and a person who would always talk about mom with honesty, but also the fullest of integrity about her. And Mm. he is her biggest fan. So she has brokenness just like I have brokenness. And where as her child, I only could see her brokenness. He was this physical representation and a reminder to me like, hey, she is like these things, but she's also this. So without him, I've really had to learn how to depend on the Lord to give me eyes to see my mom in a way that he sees her. And that's been really powerful that he's done that. And he, I lived with her for a season after my dad, I lived with her for about 18 months. And that was really good for our relationship. It was also hard. I'm a 33-year-old woman living with my mom, but I had thought I was going to move again overseas. And so- You moved in with your mom. I moved in with her after selling my stuff for that third time. Yeah. (laughs) And- uh, it was like, if I, if this is, if God's opening this dream again, then I want to spend time with her because I think I start to think about for her, what is it like that you don't have a husband who she'd been with her over 40 years in relationship with. And I'll never forget the Sunday. He passed away on a Saturday. And that Sunday, my mom, we woke up in that morning and she goes, I don't know how to make coffee because mm. he'd make coffee for her every day of their life that they've wow. been together. And so there were just things like I wanted to make sure that I was spending time with her in a way that would cultivate a relationship that was meaningful to her, that was honorable to her if I was going to live on another side of the world. Yeah. And, you know, cliff notes. I know. Here I am. <laughs> I live here. <laughs> and that is okay. Still in Austin it and is, that's okay. It is okay. Yeah. It's actually way better. If you don't know it, guys, I'm a Texas girl through and through. I've lived here most of my life. I was born here and I love traveling. Here's why I love traveling throughout Texas, because it has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities, which means there's an infinite number of different travel experiences. And no two travelers are exactly alike. And it means that no two trips should be either. If you're a beach person, well, you can have fun under the sun with Texas's 350 miles of coastline. If you're more of a rugged vacation type, there are campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. And foodies cannot get enough of Texas's world-famous barbecue and Tex-Mex. Enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. And now, Travel Texas offers a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interest. Guys, come visit my state. Visit TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn. You guys, in January of 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk. Well, it's spring, and spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, to tap into your power, and build towards your summer you. 
I love my Peloton. It accommodates to my schedule with a variety of class links to choose from. I can choose a 30-minute class. I can choose a 45-minute class. If you only have five minutes, there's literally a class to get you moving your body in five minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and every mood. There are classes if you want to hear country music, if you want to hear uh, rock, if you want to go back to the 80s. If you can't run, take a walking class. Need some grounding? Try yoga. If you want to level up, go for their Pilates or HIIT workouts. Here's what I love is that you can move at your own pace. And that is what I'm learning that my body needs right now. It needs to move at its own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take all the guesswork out of working out. You guys, we think about so many things during the day. Let's take the guesswork out. Let's jump right in and let's keep our fitness journey fresh every single day. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music, just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com. They say plants like music. Yeah, no, like really, they they respond to the vibrations of it, which means that this playlist you're listening to, the plants are too. You know what else plants like? Organic soil from miracle Grow. It's made with all the best stuff like wood fiber and compost. Plus, it's OMRI certified organic, which officially means it's made with superior ingredients. And when you give your plants the stuff that makes them happy, they won't judge you on your iffy playlist. Hear that, plants? So go ahead and give them miracle Grow. Yeah. Okay. I think about that of watching different friends grieve at different seasons of their life. I mean, you mentioned winter, you know, she has four young daughters mm-hmm. who are grieving the loss of a parent. You know, we had Kate Merrick on the show and she grieved a couple of years ago, the loss of her daughter. Mm-hmm. And she said something, I don't remember when she said this. She said, the thing is there's a hundred percent rate of us all dying. Yeah. Everyone's going to die. Yeah. And um, I've thought about that several times since that interview. And there is a sense of it where we can go, everyone's going to die. Mm-hmm. It is It is what it is. But it is interesting to see how grief affects us at different stages of our life and mm-hmm. with different relationships, a father-daughter, a husband-wife, mm-hmm. a mother-child. And I think it is something that we can all just learn and grow from at the same time, you yeah. know, in that you have a unique view on grief mm-hmm. more than I do because I've never lost a parent, mm-hmm. you know? And mm-hmm. so it's just a different thing to have to walk through. Yeah, I think I also have thought about how as a single woman losing my dad, there were, I'd say there's were like two to three years in the first two to three years, I felt a little bit lost. Because he was like your go-to for certain things? I think like he in some ways was like a, my protector, yeah. right? Like the protector and this- Like that hadn't been transferred over to no, a husband relationship. No, I don't have a relationship, right. relationship. And so I really felt like, who is yeah. my protector? Uh-huh. Like, who's my covering? You know, like, who is this person? And my grandmother, his mother died six months later, seven months later, really suddenly of cancer. And even when my grandmother's passing, I also felt like, well, now I don't even know who I am at all because my dad was connected to her and that's how I was connected. And if she's not there, it's just my aunts. And do they really still love me? I mean, it was just this very weird season of grief and not knowing of who I was. And wrestling with that with God, because I felt like you're father. So I've always had like 
and my dad wasn't perfect by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, he was a man that made a ton of mistakes, but I had a wonderful relationship with him. So it always made it easy for me to connect with God as father. Right. But when my dad died, I definitely felt like God is gonna abandon me too. Because I, it's weird to say it that way because everyone is gonna die. But in some ways it felt like an abandonment. Mm-hmm. And I was fearful in those first three years to connect with God in that relation, intimate relationship as father and daughter, because I was like, I'm just gonna get hurt too. Yeah. And will you leave me? Will I lose you is actually what I kept praying to. I was like, well, I lose you the same way that I lost my physical dad. And God doesn't leave me. <laughs> now I haven't lost him and I won't lose him. And there's definitely been so many seasons over these seven years where it has been painful in my relationship with him and struggling and wrestling with, this is not the life I thought I'd have. I didn't want to get Lyme's disease. I, I didn't want my body to like do the opposite of what I'd been training it to do and eating well and exercising well and running marathons. So now I can't even like go up a flight of stairs. Like none of that is what I wanted. And yet that is what God has seen fit to do in my life. And it's also a product of like, we live in a broken, fallen world. But he has been so constant when I have been so distant and I cannot ignore his constant faithfulness to me in any of the things that I do moving forward. Like this, I couldn't have planned my life any better. I mean, I would love for my dad to be here. I mean, I'd love for you to like know my dad. I'd love for my dad to like be present in all of these moments of my life from here on. And he's not here, but I also, I also am like grateful that he's not here it's a very because weird thing. Because of what thing. God has done yeah. in your own life. Yeah. I mean, I mourn for my mom because I know that as much as I have lost my dad and I'm sad over that, I've recently started to think more about like, gosh, the real pain that she feels yeah. of this marriage mm-hmm. relationship. And and my brother and sister even, yeah. like for a long time, I didn't even think about that. I mean, my sister was 24 when my yeah. dad died. I'm like, yeah. well, that is really young. Yeah. And my brother, he is a dad and a a husband. And so like, he's just starting out. His daughter was a year old. Now he doesn't have my dad here to like ask questions to or direct from. So I think for all of us, it's led us all to a place of like, one, like needing one another in a way that we didn't before. But for me, it has really helped me to connect to God in a way that I couldn't if he were still here. So are you saying in the weirdest way possible, by no means are you thankful that your dad is gone? Are you saying you're thankful because of what God has done in your life through this? Yeah, I am. And I know that that is like, I've struggled a lot to say that. But for me, that is the truth. Yeah. One of the things that I did right after he passed is I worked in the inner city of Austin with an organization as our child and family outreach director. And I worked in four different housing authority apartments and ran programming and a mentor program there too. And I think about that time, and it was some of the most painful things I've ever seen in my life in homes and sitting with women and grandmothers and walking with kids who have seen things and experienced things that no child should ever see or experience. And I know that I could not have been a, a conduit of love had I not experienced my own like sadness yeah. and loss in yeah. such a way 
specifically as a father, most all of my kids didn't have dads. Yeah. And though my dad, the loss of my dad was so different than their losses, we still had this connection in a way of being without a father and understanding that God still sees us and loves us and does have a plan for us, that He hasn't abandoned us, that yeah. He is present and that there is still tremendous beauty and good to come out of our lives, even in the midst of such pain. Yeah. I think the the thing too, when I hear you talk about this is it's been seven years since your dad mm-hmm. passed, is that I would imagine this conversation that you and I just had would not have happened a year after he passed or two mm-hmm. years after he passed or three years after he passed. And I think that is what sometimes can feel frustrating for someone who's in the midst of hardships. I have a, we have a mutual friend who's walked through some really hard stuff in the past couple of years. And I definitely don't know that she would say right now, I'm thankful what happened in my home, but I do know she's come a long way. Mm-hmm. And I think that it was what can be so hard for someone who's in the midst of pain or in the midst of struggle is they th- they almost get angry when they hear you say this yeah. because they would think, I'm never going to feel that way. How could God do this for me? And I think the hope in listening to your story is going, like, even if you don't feel that way right now, that God is so much in control and He loves you so much that He's still going to be there mm-hmm. in the midst of your frustration, in the midst of your struggle. And you're seven years down the road. You know, someone yeah. might be listening that it's three months yeah. from the worst thing that ever happened to them. Yeah. And so I think when I, I, I also, you and I talk about the Enneagram a lot and being a six, I love hearing stories of hardships and seeing someone on the other side because it says to me, oh, I know I'm going to walk through something hard. And when I do, I'm going to remember what Lindsay said. When mm-hmm. I lose my dad or when I lose Aaron, I'm going to remember this conversation. So these conversations are super hopeful for me. Mm-hmm. But I know some people, they're super scary. Yeah. But I think what we can all remember is that like God doesn't leave you no matter what your Enneagram number is. No, <laughs> you know, yeah, like, no matter. He doesn't care. No, he doesn't. <laughs> You're a five <laughs> and you need to know all the answers. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think about that. And even when I, you know, I remember you had a hysterectomy mm-hmm. two years ago. November, it'll be two years. So, you know, almost two years ago. Mm-hmm. And that's something that you would have never planned for never. or wanted, Mm-mm. you know, as being single at 36, having that mm-hmm. procedure. How do you still look at that and say, God, you're still so good, mm-hmm. even though... I have a dream of a family and is that going to happen mm-hmm. this way? Yeah. I, well, I was going to say something really funny, but could also be inappropriate. <laughs> well, you know, it doesn't stop me. I, I, from a, as a child, always wanted to adopt and yep. thought that would be how it would add to my family. But I didn't ever think that meant that I wouldn't then also birth a child. Right. So when my body continued to have struggles within my uterus and, I mean, I bled every day for like two and a half years. And that's not the first time that that's happened in my life. And so when we found out that, hey, there is some things going on that potentially could lead to cancer and you could wait, you could take these medicines, but you may end up still here in another two years. I was like, I just, it's, I'm kind of over it. (laughs) And I don't mean that any kind of hurtful or nonchalant kind of way, because I know that there are tremendous, um, there's tremendous pain for a lot of women trying to have children, like natural children themselves. For me, that decision was a little easier because I just knew that like that wasn't dependent on me becoming a mother. And I just also knew that like I needed some relief 
you know, like the time, the mental capacity that I was always thinking about my physical body and what and how and when and where I needed to be to take care of myself because I'm having to change my feminine products. So, I mean, it was exhausting. And do I take this medicine? Do I take that? Do I, you know, it just was too much. So I knew that like, if I wanted to have like a, like live fully this life that God's given me, because I, I really am a, like a fan for women and men, but women, specifically single women, to live your life now just like fully. What do you mean? We're not, I'm not waiting for anything. Like I don't have a husband. I'm not dating. I'm on some dating apps. I'm like even did- Swiping left and swiping right. Oh man, yes. (laughs) Lots of left swiping. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I'm open. Like I'm always like, look, I'm open and I'm available and I think I'll make a great wife. But you're not going to not take a job, not take a trip, trip, not not going to not take a trip. Foster kid, not nothing. Not nothing. I'm not going to wait to live my life. Have you always thought that? I think in some ways, yes. Okay. Uh, Maybe the first, after my dad died, it was that part was a little weird, the dating thing, because I was like, I could marry someone who's never met my dad. And that was like really hard and weird. Uh And so then I thought, well, I can't do anything until I get married now. I don't have a covering, right? Uh And then I had some good godly men in my life who were like, that's not totally what you need to be focused on. Yeah. That's not true. That's that's not that way. So um, now I just feel like, okay, God has me here for however many, my days are already numbered. Your days are already numbered. We are both going to die. 100%. All of you listening. Unless Jesus comes back. Yeah. Oh, I mean, there's always awesome. that. That would yeah. be awesome. But, but I'm not going to wait to experience this life fully to what that looks like for me. It's, I left a job that had, for me, what felt like, somewhat more security because I knew exactly all the time what I was going to make <laughs> every single month to, okay, I'm going to do not this. somewhat life. security. That's, secu- that's security. what we call security. Yeah. yeah. To that job was like sucking the life out of me. And that's, that's not my value. Like I can have a value system as a single 38-year-old woman. Like I have a niece and nephew who I think are amazing and I want to be able to spend time with them and go to their school programs and softball games and t-ball games and take them on adventures like this year i started accounts savings accounts like people have this for their children right like saving for their colleges or whatever the things you want to save for i was like i can do the same thing for my niece and nephew because that's what i have right now yeah and i i do have desires to like take avery on her first international trip and take logan on an adventure wherever he wants to go and do and so I'm like starting to save towards those things every month because 10 years is going to come by. They're going to be eight. So she's going to be 18. It's going to be time to go on this trip. And I'd be like, well, I, I need some to, money I saved need to up. plan <laughs> yeah, yeah. for this. Yeah. And so I think maybe I would say three years ago, I would not have done that even. But I just think the more life I'm experiencing and the more distance that comes from this ideal life of like, I would be married. We would both be successful. Right. We would be like starting a family Mm -hmm. through international adoption and through domestic adoption and to like, well, that's not what's happening. You'd be running a campaign. Yeah. So that is not going to keep me from pursuing the life that's right in front of me. It's good. And so I love that. I love that I get to do now. I get to work from home or I get to work from a coffee shop or I get to go to Dallas. How many people do you work for? Right now? Uh Uh-huh. 
Four. Four. Yeah. And that's kind of a lot. There's a learning situation going on for me, which is hard to admit to the Uh world of Patreon. But figuring out, like, what can I manage? I have a high capacity, but I also am older. I mean, I'm not afraid to say that. People see me and they're like, there's no way you're not older than 25. I'm like, actually... How old will you be in May? You said May 15th? 38. 38. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to ask you this. I have lived a lot of life in 38 years. You have. You have two years left until you're 40. Yeah. Do you want anything to look different when you turn 40? Oh, yeah. I'm going to be out of debt when I'm 40. Okay. That's good. Yeah. Are you Dave Ramsey in it? Sort of. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I've done Dave Ramsey's, I think in Dave Ramsey. I'm not getting an envelope system out. Sorry, Dave. I We've done that before. I, I've done it too, yeah. but it's just a little too it's much hard. in the current world it's that really I It's really hard. Well, <laughs> just let me just tell you, paying for gas and cash is not fun. No, it's paying just- for ga- Yeah, I said it right. Cash. No, I will gas say, and cash. I have some friends. They, their bank- allowed them to create individual lines in their checking account. I like that. And they have individual cards for each of those account lines. And it's like labeled like, oh. And so I was like, if I could do that, that would be better. But then I'm walking around with a stack of like 10 cards. And that's, so it's kind of like, I will say, I've said this to you. I'm like, look, at the end of the day, I'm the only one that I can depend on to pay my bills. So I have to be involved in this part of my life. And- I just was like, I have medical debt. I had school debt. I had credit card, like just things that have happened in life. And I'm like, this cannot happen any longer. Like I want to be able to f- be fostering and adopting yeah. a child. So, so it's your first step. I need to like, get out of debt. I need to be able to afford to live in a house solely by myself. Yeah, I without hate roommates. living alone. But that is the desire is to have children. Mm-hmm. And I want to be able to do that. So I need to so uh, most of it is all about setting up my life in a rhythm in a way that I can have capacity, like physical capacity, emotional capacity, energy, and finances to do yeah. what I want to do, which is to be a mom. Okay, so in the next two years, be out of debt. Anything else you want 40 to look like? Mm, I mean, I want to continue to be healthy. I mean, we didn't talk a lot about that, but you know, I had lost over 200 pounds and was just like rocking it and when I got Lyme's disease, it like totally messed up my whole internal yeah. body. And that has been still very a tender spot of like trusting God with my physical body and knowing like I may, my body may never actually lose all that weight again, yeah. but like how can I still strive to be healthy and not succumb to that? Yeah. And so I live in that tension in space a lot. And, and it's hard in our culture as well. Yeah. And so I, I thankfully... I don't feel like I have struggled a lot with like, oh, I'm not pretty enough or mm-hmm. I'm overweight. So then people don't think that's pretty. They mm-hmm. think that's ugly. Like, I'm like, no, I'm pretty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, I'm a kind person. Yeah. And I think I'm a great catch. So if anybody has a single brother, <laughs> cousin, coworker. Uncle, you know, uncle, we got young yeah, I mean, yeah, that's true. You have a, What's the anyone? oldest you would date? Oh, I would say 45. Oh, I was going to say higher. I know. You should go to 50. I know. My friends keep I mean, you're almost 40. I know my friends. You should go to 50 for sure. I know. I should go to 50 for sure. What's the youngest? Mm, That's harder because- 25. Younger (laughs) men are like, I don't want to have a baby to take care of with a man. I would say it had to be pretty close to my age, maybe 35. Yeah. So yeah, like 35 to 50. Maturity goes a long ways. Yes. Yeah. 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 Love Jesus. That's like number one. They can have kids. Yeah. What if they were 52 mm-hmm. 
and they were super young. Like they had a baby at 16. And so now they have grandkids. <laughs> if I can become a grandmother. And you become a wife and a mama and a grandma on one day. I mean, that's like the jackpot, isn't it? Right. You to like get the best of all the worlds. Okay. Listeners. <laughs> that would be fun. Let's hook Lindsay up. Yeah. It, it would be awesome. I mean, I... I hope that that will be what's happening too. But but I also really I, like, just I'm pretty confident that as much as you have a desire to be married and as much as you have a desire to be a mom, just some, like knowing you and even sitting here for the last 45 minutes, I think those desires are there and they're real and they're true and they're big. But I also see a lot in you where it's like, I'm not going to wait around for that. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. And if that doesn't happen, you seem to feel very content in your life. I'll be 100% fine. And you really mean that? I do mean that. I mean, it's hard not having sex, but that part I think would be, it just continued to work itself out, you know? But that temptation in those places, that, yeah, that would be a hard part. But I really think I'd be 100% fine. Okay. Yeah. Um, Lindsay, we have a thousand other things we could talk about. But this show is almost over and story's almost off the bus. Oh, yay. I know. So you'll get to see story, girl. But thank you for joining me. Happy birthday. Thank you. Happy birthday to you. Here you are. BPM's high, sweat dripping, body moving, tongue panting. You're working hard, real hard, and you're thirsty. You need vitamins, nutrients for peak performance and energy. And your plants do too. Aw, I mean, just look at the little guy. Water-soluble plant food from miracle Grow is full of essential nutrients. Just a little scoop into your watering can and boom, instant feeding and bigger, more beautiful plants. It's kind of like a sports drink for your plants. You may have to suffer from heat, but your plants do not. Okay, guys, as I told you in the intro, Lindsay and I recorded that last May for our Patreon party, which was such a fun gift for them to have. But here we are a year later, May 2020. And I will admit, May 2019 and May 2020 don't look anything alike uh, because of what we're living in right now with this global pandemic of COVID-19 coronavirus. But some things that are still true about the month of May is that we still have birthdays in May. The happy hour still had a birthday. And we still have losses and remembrance and hard times and good times. And so... I think it would be a good idea if I brought Lindsay back to talk about May 2020. Lindsay, welcome back. Hi, thanks for having me back. Happy so, to be um, here, of course. Yes, yes, May 2019 and May 2020. Man, what the heck? What is actually happening with our world is what we're always thinking. But, you know, I mentioned that although life feels really different, there are still some things that never change uh, yeah. year by year. And this is a fun year for you. We're releasing this actually on your birthday. Happy birthday. Hello. Oh, happy birthday to me. You know, I love what, birthdays. You do love birthdays. What are you turning? Do you care? 39. 39. Mm-hmm. I love my age. I don't care. I'm happy to say it. I'm 39. Age ain't nothing but a number. That's right. Who said that? I don't remember, but someone said that. Age ain't nothing but a number. We know that. Who said that? Aaliyah said that forever ago in her song. Uh, I love 40s. You know that. And you're yes. almost there. And this is the whole shebang for Fridays is your last decade. And you're about to enter into a brand new decade next year. What do you hope for your last year of your thirties? Oh, I mentioned it in that interview that I really hope to be out of debt and I'm still on track and working really hard at, and being diligent to take care of that. I really want to be a mom. And so we touched on that too. And I still feel the same way uh, that I felt a year ago and even more confident and excited for it. God has planned for my life and that 
I don't need to wait for a knight in shining armor to come in and make that happen. And I am, have been doing the work necessary to get to the point where I can start adoption and to foster possibly. And so it's taking those steps every day. And that's what I want to keep doing. I love that so much. We just had a uh, mother's day and you mm-hmm. made a beautiful brunch for your mom and your sister. And is mother's day hard for you um, with this desire that you have and this taking these steps to get there? And maybe it might look like you a quote unquote non-traditional, but is mother's day hard for you or can you still celebrate it with the joy that it is? I think I can still celebrate it with the joy that it is. I know that's on everyone's story, but I really love celebrating other people. And it was such a joy. It was my sister's first Mother's Day. And it was a difficult pregnancy, a difficult labor, a difficult couple of months after Milo was born. That's my nephew. And then now the pandemic. So it's like, I feel like my sister's been living in a really tense circumstance around motherhood for the last year. And so there was, man, it's all I wanted was to make Mother's Day extra special and celebrate what God has gifted her, which is this beautiful little boy. And he really is the most beautiful little boy. He is so Um, cute. He is so cute. Oh my gosh. He's the cutest little dimples and blue eyes. I think we all secretly prayed for blue eyes. My dad had blue eyes and we just were like, man, it'd be so awesome if one of the kids (laughs) had blue eyes. And so um, Milo does, he's going to have dark hair and blue eyes, just like my dad. Well, you do love to celebrate and you made bread for your family as well. And you have been making bread like you are, you know, Brenda Baker, Molly Homemaker. Uh, I'm trying to think of some words. I, Mrs. Baird. That's what I'm trying to think Baird. of. Be- you're Betty Baird baking some bread. And so if you don't follow Lindsay on um, Instagram, you need to just so just so you can see her bake bread at like midnight every single night because she <laughs> has the craziest hours when she works. But you've been baking bread. I have. Okay, Lindsay, what are you loving right now? Oh, thank you for asking. I have been loving baking bread and I have loved like, this is such a dorky thing, but I have been watching YouTube videos of baking bread and I found this bakery in Arizona called Proof and I just want to be their friends. This husband and wife who has opened a bakery, they had no experience. They just learned in their kitchen they grew better and better in this craft and this artisanship of making bread. I mean, it's like an art. It really is beautiful. And uh, now they're like selling out bread all the time. I mean, that's like their full-time gig is making bread. And I don't ever want to get to that point, but it has opened up this whole side of me to be, I don't know, to like take a deep breath, to like feel refreshed, to feel recharged. And I was missing that. Um, before the quarantine happened. And so I love it. Also, I am normally like gluten-free because I have a slight intolerance. I've been using this really good quality bread flour and I have no issues. And that like when we like, were in Italy last summer. We ate pasta all day long. Yeah. And it was just, it didn't have all that crap in it. I know. I was like, this is a gift from the Lord. Little quarantine miracle. Let me and let everyone know if you're not baking bread during the quarantine and you look around and you think everyone is, it's okay. Like I'm not baking bread. I'll never bake bread. My friend Noel gave me a starter one time. I killed it. Like I killed the starter. I can't even be, I cannot be held responsible to take care of a, a dough baby. And so um, 
I like watching other people bake bread like Lindsay and Noel, but I, I can't make bread. So if you it's look around fun. and think everyone's making bread in quarantine, but me, just remember Jamie Ivy is not making bread either. That's right. What mm-hmm. else are you loving? I'm loving um, Rambler sparkling water, which I yes, shared with you and too. you are loving yes. too. If you can get your hands on it, please do it. It's Made in Austin, the Texas. Best tasting water ever. And then I'm really loving it's peony season. And I don't know if you really love peonies. I don't, but I think someone sent me one as a gift. And so I loved it while it was in my window. It's so beautiful. They yeah. come all closed up and then they open up slowly into these big, beautiful blooms. So that's what I'm loving. Are you watching anything? I'm watching Mrs. America. And I, you know, this is something that we don't usually count as loving, but I'm going to throw it in here. And that is I'm loving Sunday calls with my family in Arizona. All of my aunts, my dad had four sisters and they all have, uh, like I have cousins that are female that are mostly on the call. I have a couple of guy cousins, but they're not always able to join. So this Sunday was all of my aunts and then my cousin, Nikki. And I was like, guys, I've been wanting to ask you, are you watching Mrs. America? Because they lived during the time of the equal rights. So they lived during the time of the ERA for the equal rights amendment. They were passing out buttons. They were active in wanting women to have equal pay and be able to exercise rights in this country. And so I had heard stories growing up a little bit from my dad about that time. He was active too, as just a supporter of them and getting to watch it is so interesting. And then to like piece together the story. So I got to talk to them about that and hear a little bit more about what they face. Like my aunt was a professional and when she had her first child, they made her quit her job. And then she could come back four months later, but she had to come back at a beginning pay, even though she'd been there for years. It happened again, two years later, same thing. You have to quit. You can get reapply, get rehired, but start at a base pay. And I just thought, gosh, I am grateful for the work they did. I'm grateful that we get to continue to be active and help doing that the work. all yeah. people have equal rights yeah. in this country. So oh I'm gosh. watching that. And it's been cool. I love that. I just watched Unorthodox. Oh, I want that's on my list. It was good. I watched, it's a four part miniseries. I watched three of them in one night. Okay. That's a and lot for you. It is. And I ha- I hardly watch any TV these days. And I sent my kids because, let me tell you why I don't watch a lot of TV because our house is under construction. So Aaron and I are living in an Airstream and we have someone living with us. And so there's no game room for the kids to go to. And honestly, it's weird because I'm still working during mm-hmm. quarantine and the kids home. And normally in the summer, I try to work less. So it doesn't matter, but I get home at like 530 And I don't want to send my kids away. Like I want to be with them. And so we've been watching as a family, the last dance, all that to say is when I want to watch a show, that's just for me, I have a hard time finding time, but unorthodox was good. The last dance is really good as well. Awesome. Yeah. Both are on my list. Good list. Good list. Uh, Okay. Lindsay, thank you for catching us back up to May, 2020. Gosh, May, 2021. May you be. So much more than this particular time. you be time. different is May what we're different. asking for. Hello, you 40. Be different. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay, Lindsay, thanks for sharing us about your, your last decade, what you're loving, what you're watching, and what you hope for next May as well. Thanks for joining us. 
Okay, friends, I say it often, and I really mean it, that Lindsay helps keep my entire life together, and we're so thankful for her in our life. Uh, Lindsay, thanks for joining me and for loving our Happy Hour listeners as much as you do. I hope you all enjoyed learning a little bit more about Lindsay and that as you listened, you heard a woman share her story in vulnerability, honesty, and faith that God would continue to show himself in her life, even in the midst of things not looking as she would have thought. Friends, thank you for listening to this special edition of the Happy Hour, Your Last Decade. I love hearing from you how much you're loving these shows, and I, too, am loving them. My hope in doing these shows is that you can be a person that looks back on your last decade as well. Whether you were 23, 65, or 11, look back and see what God has done in your life, what he has brought you through. How have you persevered? How have you screwed up? Look at it honestly, and what would you do differently, and what are you so proud of? Looking back always causes me to look forward. What do you hope to see happen in the next decade? Today's show was edited and mixed by the team at Podshaper, and the music was developed for the show by Matt Graham. Show notes are written by Quinn Pearson, and the whole thing is organized by today's birthday girl, Lindsay Sweeney. Friends, we'd love it if you enjoyed the show, if you'd share with your friends. Word of mouth is the number one way that people find out about our podcast, and we thank you for that. Here you are, BPMs high, sweat dripping, body moving, tongue panting. You're working hard, real hard, and you're thirsty. You need vitamins, nutrients for peak performance and energy. And your plants do too. Aw, I mean, just look at the little guy. Water-soluble plant food from miracle Grow is full of essential nutrients. Just a little scoop into your watering can and boom, instant feeding and bigger, more beautiful plants. It's kind of like a sports drink for your plants. You may have to suffer from heat, but your plants do not. 